Give God all the glory for everything He's done. 
these less as five wonderful children. They're about grown now. Our oldest daughter is Lamille. Her name is Morgan. Standing beside me playing the bass is Megan. And then Madison's over there the closest away from me. Seth's on the banjo. And Seth is 16 years old. Samuel's on the mandolin. And Samuel's 11 years old. And we're reserved for ages for the others, okay? And they're all 20 or older, okay? So that's, that's how that works. And we're glad to be back at Putnamville. We thank you for the invitation. We love your pastor, Brother Rich. Good to see Brother Wes here, Brother Keith here. Brother Jerry, I think, is visiting all the way from Mexico. I'm excited about Mexico. He got me excited. I got excited. I, I didn't put my time. I was running late last Wednesday. It's going all about the Mexico trip. And God is doing great things. I wish God would do great things right here in this part of the country. I don't know if this is. There's actually a town of Putnamville, or if this is more of Cloverdale, or it's or one of, we've got Greencastle, we've got all sorts of towns around here. Brazil's up, the, down there where St. Line is. But this part of the country, I tell you what, if, if God would just move here, but I tell you what, if people reject God and push him out, he'll move in Mexico, he'll move in China, he'll move in North Korea. I tell you what, God's on the move, and uh, I'm, I'm glad for the word of God that's going out across oceans and reaching those places. Appreciate your testimony, Brother Jerry. Got me fired up about that. I'm kind of in a quiet mire a little bit tonight. We're just coming out of Christmas. We're not hardly at the New Year's, so we're just kind of stuck in the middle, which that song they started with, Jesus, uh, what a wonderful name. That fits Christmas or any other season of the year. And then we did, I call them Lord, and that's another one that fits it anybody anywhere. So we might have a little bit of Christmas flavor about us tonight. But we're moving on, all right? We're about ready to take all the decorations down. Wish everybody a happy new year and we'll move on. 2020. Did you ever think we'd see a year come? 2020. I remember when I was a boy growing up. Uh, back when I was a boy growing up, they said the Congress, Russia, will take over. We'll, we'll fire the nuclear missiles and then that will be, you know, we'll take over America. Well, that didn't happen. And then since then, there have been all sorts of different groups that they've said would be the next, next one to take us over. It's 2020, and we're still here. And I'll tell you what, I thank God by His grace, America is still standing. Thank God for what we stand for, the truth on which we stand. And there are those that try to destroy America from within today. Our biggest enemies are those from within us in our own country. But I tell you what, there's still a conscious effort going on by those on the side of the right uh, to come against evil. Uh, you could be a Democrat or Republican. You could be all sorts of different names. But I tell you what, it comes down to the battle today is between light and darkness. And I tell you, that's what we're seeing today. The Bible said we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, against uh, the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual weakness in high places. We're seeing it every time we turn our news on today. The powers that be, there's light against darkness. It's truth against light. Uh, no lies of the truth, the Bible said. No, if anybody is a liar, well, they don't know God. They haven't seen him, they haven't known him, the first book of first time said. Because we lie and do not the truth. But those that are true, in John chapter 3, the Bible said they come to the light that their deeds may be made manifest that they're right in God. So the battle is between light and darkness. The devil's got it all confused today. But I tell you, we're of the light, and you're of the light. We're here to worship Jesus tonight. And uh, we're going to we're going to take a stand when we leave here and let the world know who the lie of the world is. Amen. Lie of the world's not Rudolph. He's just got one nose and then he's very bright. I tell you what, lie of the world's not Santa Claus. It's not all the fables. The Bible said in the last days it would be turned unto fables. And look for look for at today. 
Bible people refuse to acknowledge the truth and celebrate the real meaning of Christmas. And I tell you what, the truth is that Jesus Christ, the Son of God, came to earth, took on a body of flesh, lived a perfect life, and died on the cross. It was the only way that human race could be saved. But the good news, the gospel means good news. The good news is because Jesus did what he did, whosoever will, let him come. Thank you, Father, my friend. Whosoever will call the name of the Lord, shall be saved. We're living a good day. Amen. We can go out, whether it be sending the Bibles to Mexico, or whether it's in Mexico, or whether we do it right here at home, we can tell everybody, no matter what the race is, we can tell them that Jesus loves them and wants them to be saved. And they can come the same as we did. Even them old Jews, if they want to get saved, guess what they got to do? They got to come by the way of the old way of the cross. They got to accept Jesus as their Messiah. They too can be saved. We're living a wonderful day to serve the Lord. Let's worship Jesus for a little while today. Amen.
soup to get some of that ice, and he does that round and round thing. And I don't know, he was trying to do one of those stunts like that. Next thing he called the ice and hurt his wrist, you know, just hurt it. Seth, uh, Seth's a lot tougher than I give him credit for uh, growing up. He was over at our local park, Falkirk Falls State Park, and he had a bike wreck and hurt his arm real bad. He's crying, tears coming out of his eyes. I said, man up, son, just man up. Shake it off, you'll be all right, man up. He sucked in tears back in his eyes. Went on and went all day. Next day, he's still hurt. The mom picked him up. He had a broken arm. He said, What did your dad say? He said, My dad told me to clean it up. <laughs> I wasn't too hard on him this time. He, two days ago, he went ice skating, hurt that wrist. And uh, so we were already heading this direction. We were supposed to stop in Kentucky on the way here. So we stopped in Cookville, Tennessee on the way here. It's a real fast place to get an x-ray. We thought it was fast anyway. We went in there and got x-rayed it. Sure enough, he's got a broke wrist. So, and it's a different one, right? It's the same arm? The same arm. The same arm, okay. Anyway, uh, we didn't know. We called both sets after mission. You can't play any instruments. We just have to sing uh, to do it another way or something. Then uh, we was over here at the, at the Parsons. Right here at Putnamville, you know, that piano out of the box and in the living room, Seth started playing the piano. We thought, well, that's pretty good. You know? So, about 30 minutes ago, we found out he's a better band done. So, we don't know what he can do. You, know, you pray for him tonight. And I thought he'd done a good job. Didn't miss a lick. I forgot to turn my guitar on. Forgot to let Samuel play. But anyway, Seth's doing a fine job. And we just take a stand and let the Lord do with us what he wants to do tonight. And uh, it'll be good to be here tonight. If you if we'll, we'll burn you with one more Christmassy song, all right, then we're going to move on to something else. I mean, we learned a brand new song. I don't, I didn't count how many appointments that we did, but we did several appointments through the December. Most all of them were Christmas themed, and we were focusing on the Christmas story. And I thought in the last four or five years we've been doing this, I thought I, I, Brother Keith, I pulled out 30 or 40 good themes for Christmas. One of them's light and darkness theme. Told you about there's all, there's all sorts of things to talk about Christmas time miracles, the birth of birth. Anyway, I thought I'd about send it all. I, I got to testify and I got to think about these songs. God got to stir in my heart again. That's, there's more messages, there's more themes in there that I ever realized. And I got to thinking uh, we really took the time to meditate on Christmas and thought about what it meant. There's no telling, there's probably a hundred different messages that we could come out of Christmas. Uh, one of the tragedies, no room in the end. Everybody's heard that message. I'm challenged every year at Christmas time when I think about how they didn't have room for Mary and Joseph and the baby that was to be born. I want to make sure I have room in my heart for Jesus. Don't get so busy with my things that don't have room for him. Twelve different messages there. But this is a new song and it kind of it kind of brought a little different flavor to Christmas for us this year. We'll share this with you and we'll move on. All right. This is called That's Why We Adore You.
I don't have a bit of problem with discovering his purpose on earth. Now, he, he, there was the virgin birth. There was a miracle of the virgin birth. There was the uh, 12 years old in the temple. Imagine a 12-year-old boy astounding the doctors and the lawyers. He did. Hearing them and asking them questions. <laughs> and they were astounded. Where did this 12-year-old boy acquire such knowledge and wisdom? They didn't know they were talking to the living word of God. And then, uh, that was a great point in his life, but that's not why he came. What about all the miracles today? Well, we teach it to the sons of certain kids to get them fired up about Jesus walking on the water and cleansing blind eyes and lepers. I opened my eyes, cleansing lepers, said that wrong. All the miracles we could just name them. It pretty much says this there's nothing that Jesus met on his earthly journey that he couldn't conquer. He could, he could calm the raging waves of the sea. He could speak to nature. Nature had to obey him. He could take the infirmities of men. And, and probably the biggest one to me, he cast out the devils. He brought those possessed of the devil. He cast them out. All the miracles. But that's not why he came. We get the answer when Jesus stood before Pilate. He said, If this end was you, for this cause be mine in the world. What's he talking about? He's talking about the cross. Jesus came to die on the cross. And that gives us an understanding, I believe, when he said the six saints, seven saints on the cross. If you study them out, you get a blessing from every one of them. The first one's probably going to give them, but they don't know what they do. Christian church could learn that one a whole lot better than he forgave, we're supposed to forgive. Amen. And then on and on, there's the message in every single cross. But the sixth one, the seventh one is, Father, into thy hand I commend my spirit. And he had to say that one to release his spirit from his body because he was the giver of life. He couldn't die. Somebody said, All the blood was out of his body. It didn't matter. His heart kept beating. He could not physically die. He was, he was life itself. He had to dismiss the spirit from his body. That's why we have the seventh saying, Father, into thy hands I come in my spirit. But that sixth one's on my mind tonight. When he said, It is finished. Now, preachers have all preached that out, huh? Many times. Many sermons come out of that. What was finished? He said to Pilate, To this end was I born, for this cause came out of the world. When Jesus said, It is finished on the cross, think about what that means. All the power. That dead and hell and the devil had held over mankind for all those years. It was going to be, the devil was losing his grip. Death was losing its hold. I mean, Jesus said it is finished. There was fixing to be a fountain opened up to Gentile people, to all the nations, to the Thunderous Island, Amen. the Thunderous One, that whosoever, Joel prophesied. Whosoever to come to pass in that day, but whosoever shall call the men of the Lord's say, Romans 10, Paul said, Here we're here. Whosoever shall call the men of the Lord's street, say, Peter preached on the day of Pentecost and said, This is that. Somebody's still looking at the dreams and visions and things that happen in the future. Peter preached on the day of Pentecost. This is that which was spoken of by Joel, Joel the prophet. This is that. It's here. It's come. Jesus said, If I go away, I'll send you back to the He'll lead you guide in all truth. When he said it is finished, I tell you what, he opened up what we know today as the day of grace. 
it opened up what we call the New Testament church. And I'm here to tell you, friend, there's not ever been a better day in the world to live for Jesus. And looking for a better day. <laughs> there's not ever been a better day. Would you like to live under the law? A lot of us say, boy, I would like to live back in that day when Jesus done all those things. Well, I'll tell you what, Jesus is, well, we're living the best age there's ever been. And one of the messages that I've been sharing this Christmas season is that He's the present day Jesus. We don't need to look back in the past and say, oh, that cute little baby in the way. I mean, reflect on that, but He is a present day Jesus. Low life with the always, even to the end of the world. Praise His holy name. He's with us today. This song has a little bit of the past and a little bit of the present. I hope you like it. It's called uh, He Saw It All.
special for you. I wish this took more time. The Bible said, enter in your closet and pray. And I believe that's the Bible reading too. It, it's hard today to push everything in the world out. You got to leave your cell phone in the next room. To really get along with God today. Because it comes right in there where you're at. But I'm telling you, when I really get real right where I want to be, when Jesus is teaching on the hill and feeding the 5,000, I'm sitting in the grass listening. You know what I mean? I'm right there on site. Because I like to be in that number that he's teaching. Teaching to me. The Bible's not a history book about everybody else. The Bible's the words of life that speaks to my heart. Jesus, through the Holy Spirit, puts in words in my life today. Said the words that I speak to you, they are spirit in life. The Bible is real. It's not just written for the generations 2,000 years ago, it's written for us today. And I declare wherever I go, it's on hope in God. On hope in God. Precious word of God that will show us the gospel and show us and tell me the story of Jesus. I believe everything in it. I'm not going to be uh, arrogant and tell you that I understand everything in it. I'll just be honest with you. I read, I read things and I'm like, what was that? What did you say, Lord? <laughs> and read it again and rewind and read it again. I've read it until my eyes got tired. And I say, Lord, Help me understand that. And in time, he has helped me understand some of it. But there's still things that I read years ago that I read again and again. I don't claim to understand that. But I believe in it. I believe every word. I believe all scripture is given by inspiration of God is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for instruction.
reading. We're all little scholars in the scripture. You might have a PhD with some thing down here, but I tell you what, you're just a little scholar in right time. You have things to teach you. Brother Keith, I realize that I'm going to run out of time before I learn it up. I'm 53. If I live to be 70, I got 70 more years to go. Isn't that a sad way to live your life? I'm, I'm sorry, I'm a realist. That's just the way I'm. 70 years, the way I'm feeling tonight, I'm ready to go to heaven anyway. It's all right. I'm ready. 70 years, God gets me out of here. I'm all right. They'll be fine. God took care of me, but my dad is going to take care of me. That's the way I feel about things. But I, I'm running out of time. I'm running out of time. There's so much about the Word of God to learn, and there's so little time left to learn it yet. But I thank God for what I do know. Thank God for what He has shown me. The most important things in the scriptures is not just the words off the page that I read into my mind, but it's those things that the Holy Spirit has sealed in my heart. The meanings, the truths of the Word of God. And I can know that I'm in connection with Him. Here's a song about the promises of God. I hope you enjoy it. He never made a promise that He doesn't
Saturday, the world's all excited about some football team, but I'll be honest with you, I'm not watching the game all day. I got on Facebook and some of my friends are talking about who's playing who, and I know who's playing, and I'll be honest with you, I'm not really going to concern myself with a final score because I found something so much better than football. Yeah. Found something so much better than team against team or whatever you're doing. I found better, something better than a 16-point buck. <laughs> found something better than a new gun, Matthew. Something better than anything. I tell you, singing about the promises of God. Amen. Oh, it may not mean much to you here tonight, but I tell you what, there'll be a time you'll come down and everything in this life will fail you. I don't have a promise in this life. Me and my wife been married for 28 years. We, we, we discuss and fuss over what's going to happen, who's going to go first and all that. I don't know how long I'm going to keep her, how long she's going to keep me. I don't know how long I'm going to keep these children, how long they're going to keep us. I tell you what, we go to nursing homes on a regular basis, and I can take you to people that it looks like to me everybody in the world has forgotten about them. Yeah. And I tell you what, they're not any better. I'm not any better than they are. I could end up right there one day, but I tell you what, Brother Keith, I'm going to have my eyes on the promises of God. I'm going to have a friend that's even closer than a brother. I have one that never leaves me, forsakes me. And that thrills my soul, amen? Thrills my soul. This song right here, we sing in the nursing homes, and they get real excited. They get about as excited on this as we did not the football game. Those of us that are out there, but I tell you what, I, I'm glad for the promises of God. I'm not worried about my name down here.
We're singing about happy things. I tell you, we come down there from Nashville, Tennessee area. I want to tell y'all, country music ain't got nothing on us. They get their guitars out. They'll sing slow and whine and grind. And they'll try and get a tear out of somebody's eye. Praise God. Over the trailer. Hold truck up that for one ounce of the real, would you? Amen. I'm a little bit afraid. I got no country music fans up here. <laughs> then I'm all offended because I'm not one. Shots are good about down there in Nashville. I know, but I'm just not one. I'm not one. Every now and then the Holy Spirit speaks to me about country music. You know what it says? When I'm saying I'll fly away, the Holy Spirit says, sing it, son, sing it, son, sing it, son. You've got the right to sing it, son. You've got the right to sing it. You know what he's saying to me? The old country stars down in Nashville, they get up and sing about wine, wild women, and everything else they've lost in their life, and then they're going to put God in it to the end, and they're going to throw a little gospel song. I have people in church telling me, but they sing a gospel song to you. Duh. I got the right to sing what I'm singing, even because I know who I'm singing about. Right. I don't know where that comes from. I'm not a We might want to be careful what we let come in these ears, what we let come in these eyes. That's what we're made out of. You are what you eat. Spiritually. You'll read your Bible and pray and listen to God, or you'll be a spiritual man. Let this world get in there. Don't tell me what it's going to turn out to be. I like, I read a saying the other day, I like it. It said, the Bible that's falling apart usually belongs to someone who isn't. I thought, that's pretty good. I'll write that down here. I got it up here. I'll do that. If we study, if we put God first in our life, live for God on Monday. Some people go about living for God Sunday morning, but live for God on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Monday. Somebody said, well, I'm not going through storms and trials right now. You will. You will. It's coming. I hate to be the bearer of bad news. Make sure your foundation. Know where you stand with God. Know what the Bible says. Know what God did for you. Then when all the trouble comes, you still be standing where you always stand. So I'm just going to trust God. I believe Job had that kind of, what I'm talking about, that kind of relationship with God. Here's the funny thing. Job lived before the day of grace. Job lived before the Holy Spirit was given to deliver and dwell in men. Job lived before the Word of God was written. Job lived before the law. <laughs> How in the world? Now, that's one of the questions. See, that's one of the things I don't understand about the Bible. When I get to heaven over there, I look at it, hey, Brother Job, sit down here. Let's talk a lot. <laughs> How did you have so much faith in God? You know what Job would say to me? How did you have so little? Why you say that? Because you got all the stories. You got my story and Abraham's story and Noah's story. You got a whole Bible full of people that trusted God. Do you know that God delivers people out of lions' dens, out of fiery furnaces? Did you know He could part a Red Sea? Everyone in the building knows that. So where's your faith at? At least the thing that happens to us shapes us sometimes. Just say God's got this. It's going to be all right. And we'll stand where I've always stood. Stand on the promises of God. God is going to take care of His own. I'm one of His own. That's all I need to know. Amen. I don't know the outcome. It's going to be all right.
I wish that I could take the step for people. I wish that I could save people. I, that's just my thing. And I know that's not God's will, but that's just the way I think. I, there's people today that need to be saved, and I'd save them if I could. If all it took was walking down the aisle, I'd. If it's you tonight, I'd walk back there where you're sitting. I'm not embarrassed. I'd set this guitar down and come right back there to your pew and I'd walk the aisle for you. I'd come up here and pray the prayer for you. But it don't work that way, does it? Right. The human help only goes so far. It reaches. God's called me to reach. God's called me to reach for people. My help goes so far and it's as far as I can go. Ultimately, the decision is inside of your heart. Nobody can go there but you. God, those decisions you gotta make. And you know, Christian people, I would increase their faith. I would tell them it's gonna be alright, just believe, just trust God. I can't do that for them either. My own family members, my own friends, people that's going through trials right now, the words that I say are just words that don't have the power to get the top done. Maybe I can say something or do something, point me to Jesus. When we get our lifted up our eyes off of this world and get our eyes on Jesus, we can find the power of the Here's a song that talks about human help only going so far. If I could, I would. I would do it. But Jesus came. He came. He came. He came.
another thing. I, I believe the Word of God is supreme above everything. It's more important than anything else. Period. I believe more important than the Constitution of the United States. It's more important than any book that you're going to read. But I tell you, I, I believe every word of the songs that we're singing. I really do. And I believe that with all my heart. That's why we sing them. Every now and then we hit one that we don't believe every word of. So we have to make the decision. Are we going to just not sing them? Or maybe we could just change a word or two. My apologies to the writers on that. We've done that. You may never know it, but if you don't catch it, we ain't going to say nothing about it. If we're not trying to down the writer, we just got to get it to where we can sing. But I believe that Jesus can. I believe he can do anything. And I know that if I could, I would. I know that's true. We had a very dear friend that had a real bad car accident last year. Just a Saturday before Christmas, and it forever changed his life. And uh, he was uh, mostly paralyzed, I guess, without going into great detail. He was mostly paralyzed. Lost his ability to walk, lost his motor skills in the lower extremities of his fingers. Can you imagine what that's? This is called beating yourself. It's called answering the telephone, typing on the phone, on the computer. I mean, this is a lot. You don't realize how big this is going. But I tell you, he was a Christian man, 69 years old, looking forward to celebrating his 70th birthday. Worked a job every day, took care of his family, like a lot of 69-year-olds do, and the family should be taking care of them. But now that he's taking care of his family, just an amazingly faithful to his church, uh, singing his youth choir, singing the quartet. I mean, the list goes on and on. He just, uh, you know, a man that just works for God and loves God and just bad calls it. And it was in doubt whether he would ever do anything again. So I'm happy to report to you for one year later, a little bit over a year. And uh, at our last singing, he drove himself to our singing, got out of his car by himself with a walker. And he walked into the building and came in sitting in the front seat and heard us sing. Because we handed him the microphone by him singing. He's a miracle. What God's done for him. But he never, he just, his faith never wavered and all that. He, his words at the scene of the accident before the ambulance ever got there, he said, God, if you can get more glory out of my life in a wheelchair. Well, he first said, I can't feel my legs. He said, I can't feel my legs. And he thought, well, my dad was in a wheelchair the latter part of his life. And he said to God, at the scene of the accident before the ambulance ever got there, he said, God, if you can get more glory out of my life out of a wheelchair, then I'll be willing to get in a wheelchair and give glory to you. I tell you, God lets him live. He's going to write a book. He's already wrote a book to me. He's already helped to me over and over again. We visited him. We called him. We communicated on a regular basis. And I tell you, the family was standing witness behind Joe Williams' testimony. He never one time doubted God. He believed God. And God's done all this for him. But if he'd been in a wheelchair and not able to drive, he would have still believed God. That's just an amazing story. I, if I could, I would. But the things that I can't do, Jesus can. If you'll put your trust and put your faith in Him. Here's the, here's the age-old question. A lot of bad things happen to good people. Let me try to answer that, Brother Lewis. <laughs> Probably a lot of you try. How do we answer the question? You know, the world asks it. If there's a God in heaven, a lot of bad things happen to good people. Listen to me, answers to that I can't pretend to know at all. I could start off by saying there are no good people. How about that? <laughs> I mean, people don't like to hear that, but the truth is, there's none that are, Jesus even said to the guy that asked him, 
why call somebody good? There's nothing good but God. So what you, who are you calling good people? I'll start there, but I'm not trying to dig a hole. I'm just trying to say that you and me don't understand why we're going through the things we're going through. And here we are serving the Lord. Here we are uh, giving our lives to God. Why are we the ones that are suffering the loss? But I promise you on the authority of God's word and what I know personally about God that there's a purpose in everything He does. And He's doing things in your life that He might give more glory. It's for your good. It's for His glory. We would not become the people that we would that we need to become. Let me start by saying I told you I'm 53, got 17 years left, and I'll never know it all. I'll probably never become the man I really ought to be. There's been too many failures in the past. There's probably I'll be the one up in heaven singing by and by with a look on his face. I wish I'd given him more. I wish I had read my Bible more. I wish I knew more about him. I'll never be everything that I want to be. But as I strive daily to be what I want to be, God helps me to grow. And these trials that come in our life come for a purpose and a reason that we might grow. And like it or not, they're necessary outs to hurt them. And Paul wrote about that, the necessities, the necessities of these trials. They're necessary. I want to be everything that God would have me to be in my life. I'm old enough now to realize that only one life to live for soon to pass. Only one to turn to Christ to last. My name and my legacy and me, me and mine and how big a house I live in now, how far I drive, how many toys I have in the yard, all the stuff the world's after, I'm old enough to know that. None of that matters to me. None of that's going to matter when I die. But how many souls have I pointed to Jesus? How many people have I persuaded through my feeble testimony, my saintly words? How many people have I persuaded to look up? Just look to Jesus. That's the matter. That's eternal rewards that cannot ever be taken away from me. That's what God has given me in every thing. And if my trial and my affliction can point other people to Christ, so be it. What you see on this stage was made by mercy and saved by grace. I didn't do this. God did this. I can go into great detail on one tonight for time. I can tell you about getting saved at the age of five years old. I can tell you about praying and prayer on a pine stone. Michael Tennessee about my future wife when I was 13 years old that God answered. I can tell you when I was 18 years old that God sent her from Jamestown two hours north of me. Her, her daddy had to pastor my church. I was not interested in that little girl that came out from Jamestown. She was too young. I just had a bad breakup in my life. I can tell you about how God broke my heart for the breakups. Everybody's had a few of those. I can tell you what God did, God did, God did, God did, God did over and over a thousand times in my life. God took my daddy away when I was four years old. God let my widowed mother put me in a Christian school when I was in eighth grade. For five years, I got to sit under the teaching of God's Word Monday through Friday from my local pastor. I can tell you what God did, God did, God did. 
24 years old, God let me marry this woman on the piano who was exactly what God wanted for my life. These children, we told them, if you could just find God's will, if you just find the one that God wants you to marry, that'll be right. Anything else you're going to have trouble that you probably might not be able to Thirty years old, I brought home the best birthday present I ever brought home. My oldest daughter Morgan. She was born on August 23rd, 1996. We took her home on August 25th, my birthday, 1996. Got to bring home my favorite birthday gift. She's—I don't know why she still hangs around this group. She's 23 years old. She's sitting right here and sitting with mom and dad and the family. Ask her after church why she does what she does. I don't know what her nature will be. Hey, this is what God wants me to do. I want to keep doing this till the Bible says, do something else. And I don't want to put more emphasis on Morgan. I love all of this. But God didn't stop with this point. God gave me five. And I thank God for every one of them. What you see on the stage, all five of our children have placed their faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. He's their Savior. He's their Lord. He has become their everything. This is the life they live while we get on the stage right here tonight and probably go back to church. This is the life they live. And they're sick and tired of singing. They're kids. What about this, that, and the other? Well, I'll tell you what. When we dismiss and when the room all clears out and we're tearing down the equipment, they're probably be singing a song. When we drive down the road and they can do anything they want to do, they're it's what's in our heart. It's what's in our heart. But we don't take any credit for that. There's a God. God did. God did. God did. There's a God in heaven that's worked in my life. Worked in Satan's life. He's working in their lives. Has yet to be seen what's going to happen with these five. I have told them what I want. We and Satan will pass on the scene of action one day. I hope there's five families serving God. And I'm not going to respect God to let them all be playing instruments, let them all be singers, let them all be music. God may have something else for you to do. I want to be serving God. But what you see has been made by mercy and saved by grace. If you could go back, I told you all the highlights of my life and our family's life. I told you the good things. I didn't tell you the times we cried. I didn't tell you the times our heart was broken. I didn't tell you the times that the devil slipped up and crawled on top of my shoulders and sat on my head and said, you'll never see a lot of You'll never get past this. You'll never be able to go. I don't tell you. The devil's liar. And God's the truth. When darkness is all around me, I got one thing and I just won't trust it. God has done it. And God will do it again. We, I told him, I said, life's too easy right now. Life's too good. We've got it made. We're just, we're just, we're just coasting along too well for us. That's a, that's a dangerous time in Christian's life when things are going good. Because there's a storm ahead. I don't know what it is. I can't predict it. I don't know what's going to happen next week or next year. But we're going to hit the brick wall. We're going to hit the storm. Something really bad is going to happen. We're going to have to learn to trust God all over again. 
Some of you here tonight, you might be going through that storm right now. You might have just come through that storm. You might be facing to go through that storm. Maybe something that we can sing or say. We don't have to put your trust in God. Don't ever lose faith in Him. Don't ever give up on Him. Don't ever think for a Don't believe the lie of the devil. The devil says, God's forgot about you. God don't understand what you're going through. That's not what the devil's talking Amen. We should not. We have no biblical authority to do anything with the devil but resist him. Resist the devil. He'll flee from you. He didn't say carry on a conversation with the devil. Try to save the devil. Do your best to persuade the devil that you're right. That's what Eve tried to do. That's all wrong. You just say, get me behind me, Satan, just like Jesus said. Amen. You just say, look, I'm not going to listen to what the devil's about to say. I'm going to trust God. There are voices inside your head. I know the psychologists say, oh, there's something wrong with him. They got voices inside their head, too. Even Fred Flintstone had voices inside his head. Remember the little pop up shoulder in and all that? I tell you what, we all struggle on the inside with things maybe we won't tell other people. Those things we struggle with, it's light and darkness, it's good and evil. And God is speaking in their life, and God is speaking that that will, that will bring us victory. And it's always just rest. Just rest. Stay the course. Don't change. Keep the faith. Stay where you want this If you're here now, boss, God ain't saying that. God said it's time for you to make a move. You need to be saved. Don't think you have all the promises of God and the presence of God on you if you're lost. The devil will deceive you all the way to the grave on that. You've got to be saved. We're going to sing this last song. Open up the altar. And if you need to come and pray about anything tonight, the altar's open. Brother Red, meet you down here at the altar. There's preachers all over the building today that come and pray with you. Maybe you want to be saved. Maybe you just got a burden that's too heavy for you to bear. Say what you want to pray about that the Lord's open. Would you sing with us? We're going to sing a song called Made by Mercy, Saved by Grace. All the glory goes to God, because He's the one that does it.
Mark your calendars for that if you'd like to. That's Faith Baptist Church in Tunock. And uh, if you're able to go to that, I know that would be a blessing uh, to their church and also to Amy family. You'll hear some good preaching as well. All right. Well, I, I do want to invite you to stick around for the fellowship. We have plenty of food back there. Uh, there's potato soup and chili and taco uh, stuff and all kinds of desserts. And please stick around and enjoy the fellowship. We're going to ask a blessing on the food and uh, for the dismissal as well. It's good to have Brother Keith with us, sir. Would you?